You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On today's episode, we are in Luke chapter 20, and we are talking about what is God's. This is a pretty well-known verse uh, in Luke where Jesus says to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Uh, So it's really the underlying theme here is about authority, and that was a really uh, interesting discussion to get into. So I will lead you guys into the episode with that. Hope you enjoy. It's a conundrum. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. We have a lot of weird beginnings lately. I like it. I'm for it. So for anyone who's <laughs> wondering, I overfilled my coffee because I'm dumb, basically. No, it's the, not that like you just poured a pot of coffee into your coffee no, the, mug. The, the, you were the, trying to like Tim Taylor it. Well, the, the Keurig on the small setting was like a half a cup, a half a mug. It was like a teacup size. Which so, guess, ipso facto, you would think t- twice that would be a full it, mug. It right? literally looked like half a cup. Turns out. No. More than that. A little more than half a cup. Or the <laughs> so second one was more than the first. But. So now there's a quarter of a cup in the bottom of so the Keurig. So I have some cleanup to do, yes. But <clears throat> it is delightful donut shop coffee it's quite that is the best nice. for the little the yeah. little pods there anyway nice. we're going to talk about luke today and we not, are. not just coffee well it is an illustration that <laughs> if know, anyone can pull this together we, it's <laughs> we're in a section dealing with the difference between perception and reality that there is a temporal perception that we have so there's an eternal oh, reality geez, you are going to tie change. this together aren't you and my perception of the coffee did not line up with wow. the reality of the actual physical being. And because of what is real, there is a certain authority to the reality, authority to the truth, that one way or another, it, it, it will rule. Truth will be sovereign. And so... Good night, everybody. <laughs> here in Luke chapter 20, we're actually dealing with authority and submission and the sovereignty of the state as opposed to the greater sovereignty of God and how we as Christians relate to those things. Yeah, when you suggested last week that we were going to uh, essentially talk about politics, it's kind of, when people hear that word, it's kind of like, ooh. Yeah. But um, this was an interesting approach. <laughs> um, the, uh, the section here in Luke where, again, I know I mentioned this either last week or the week before because it seems like they're always doing it. The Pharisees are still trying just in desperation to to get Jesus one way or another and now they're turning toward right. the legalities of things. Yeah, and at this point they're no longer confused. It's not like they're trying right. to sort out who he is and they're skeptical and push him away. They're they're 100% convinced and committed he's got to go mm-hmm. and we got to kill him. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so they they're still they're working toward ways to do this, but they're no longer trying to just undermine his authority. They are, off, right. but they want to trap him to a place where they can actually eliminate Justify, him. right. <clears throat> yeah, so, so he'll be sleeping with the fishes, and uh, that is not... Pull out my Don Vito Corleone impression. Not something that's going to work when you're dealing with the creator of the universe, with the... Right. You know, Someone who created the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say the embodiment of right. truth, but it's really not. Truth is more the embodiment of his character. I mean, it, 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 he is who he is, and that part they don't get. So they're trying to wipe him out. They, you know, We just had seen, as all of Luke is building this, this theme of seeing who Jesus is, seeing him um, 
you know, make these claims of fulfilling prophecy as, as his words um, posit a truth and then his actions back that up. And he, um, he uses all these miraculous signs and wonders, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, essentially as a as an id card to to mm-hmm. say this is showing you it's proving that i am who i say i am <clears throat> ultimately we'll see that at the cross and we'll see his resurrection demonstrating hey what i've been telling you straight along i am who i say i am then we see in luke we see the recording of his ascension and eventually we will all see like lightning from one end of the sky to the other, we will all see his return and there will be no doubt any longer about who he is uh, because what is hoped for, what is believed in faith now will become sight and, and actual present experience at that time. So anyway, in, in Luke chapter 20, they're, um, they're right back, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks here, they're back at this authority question. So it starts out with them um, questioning what authority Jesus has to be able to do the things that he's doing and say the things that he's saying. He throws it back to John's uh, baptism and his teaching, what what was his authority? They don't have an answer. He says, well, I'm not going to tell you. And then he proceeds to tell them. <laughs> he gives them this, this parable of the tenants uh, that he tells to everyone, but it's clearly pointed at them. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're really ticked off because he's saying they are the ones who've rejected the stone uh, that have rejected the stone that is now the cornerstone of all things. And he, he equates them to those in the past who have killed the prophets. And that's a reference uh, that we see made a few times in the gospels about Jerusalem being the place where the prophets goes, go. He's already said this previously in previous chapters that how could any prophet ever be, you know, the sarcasm, how can any prophet be killed outside of Jerusalem? This is where prophets go to die. And, uh, and they get it, and the people get it, that he's pointing to them as the killers of the prophets, and now the killers of the Son of God. Now, that's prophetic. Here he's speaking about what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. They recognize that he's talking about them. They recognize that he's talking about himself, and yet they still go forward and do this. And we didn't bring this up, but it, it reminds me uh, a bit of, of Satan. You know, he, he knows how this ends. He's, he knows this book better than I do. He, he was interacting in heaven and outside of heaven prior to this book ever being written. He knows what's to come, and yet he continues in this pursuit. Right. Who can explain why definitively? Why do any of us do things when we know that the outcome is going to be bad? When, when you and I willfully sin, when we choose things that we shouldn't choose... We know how it's going to end. Anytime we're contrary to what God uh, calls us to, anytime we're opposite of God's will, that ends badly. Mm-hmm. Even when we're talking about things that are are not so much, we don't think of them as will, willful, rebellious sins, but things that we um, we just default mm-hmm. to bad just thinking. just a part of right. <clears throat> so fear, worry, you know, anger, all these things. You know, when I react badly to someone mistreating me, all of those things. 
I already know right. where this road leads. As James and McDonald would say, there's a hole in that road. Right, and it's so hard to fight against your humanness, even if you know it's wrong. Right, yeah. And you're like, I'm not gonna, there's nothing good going <clears> to <throat> come out of this, but I don't care. <laughs> for, for In that particular moment. Right, you, whether you, it's conscious or unconscious, right. that is what we're saying. Is I, I don't care, I'm going right. to do it anyway. And, right. and that's basically where they are. So now we've talked about last week's <laughs> previous right. sermon. Up to date. So now we're, we're, we're catching up. So having gone through that, the, the immediacy of the need to kill Jesus has just jumped. You know, the, the needle has moved a lot. Now they try to use the idea of authority again to trap him into either a traitorous or a blasphemous statement. That's right, a no-win situation right. for him. So they know that the, the Jewish people are completely against Rome. Mm -hmm. uh, now, some of the folks like the Sadducees and, and some of the more liberal folks, they've learned to go along to get along. We want to please and appease. We want to make sure that, that we're on the good side of the Romans. Mm -hmm. And if that means we've got to let go of some of our beliefs, then we're willing to do that mm -hmm. because that's how we get along in this world. Mm -hmm. Not too unlike what we see today. The Pharisees, on the other hand, have been completely opposed to the Romans. They're opposed to the paying of taxes. They do what they have to do. But they're looking for Messiah, sort of. They're not really looking for Messiah at this point, but they are looking to keep control. They want the Romans gone like right. the rest of the people do. So the masses... Uh, the Pharisees have negotiated that middle ground, so to speak. The Sadducees have kind of sold out, I guess. Maybe that's an overstatement, but they, they're much more political in their nature. <clears throat> the Essenes have separated. That's another uh, religious sect leadership group. They've just completely separated, and, and we believe that's um, when we find the Dead Sea Scrolls, scrolls in Qumran. We believe that's an, an Essene uh, group of people that were there, and they just committed themselves all the time to uh, to just this strict, devout, some would say fanatical devotion to the Lord and to scriptures. So they're just, we don't talk about them in the New Testament because they've already pulled out. They're like, we're done with society. We're going to, you know, go build ourselves a, a, a fort here or something. But um, I want to do that. They, I don't think they actually built a fort. <laughs> I made that up. Anyhow, as, as we're looking at this, um, the Pharisees are using this secular authority as the the lightning rod. Mm -hmm. It's the bait. It's the hook. It's the whole thing. If we get Jesus on this issue of taxes, we're either going to get him supporting the Romans and everybody will turn against him and he'll end up getting stoned by the people. Or he'll betray Rome with his words and we can have him killed as a traitor. Mm -hmm. Either way, we win, Jesus loses. Uh, I'm pretty sure we all know how that's going to go. So they um, they approach him and say, "Hey, you know, they send spies. That's the nice thing. The spies that act like they're they're good, sincere people." And uh, Luke points that out. I wonder how many times that happens in the other gospels, and it's not stated that these mm. are spies. But you know, sometimes we ask questions about, you know, well, why would the leaders? Why would these people be asking these questions if right. they're not sincerely seeking? Well, this is why, because they're not sincerely seeking. They're trying to trap him. So, uh, or, or why would Jesus handle these people this particular way right. when he's normally so gracious and he's not gracious? Well, this seems to be a sincere question. That's because it's a spy, okay. and that's the job of a spy is to act sincere. So <clears throat> um, they, they throw the question out there, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? In verse 23, he saw through their duplicity and said to them, show me a denarius, the, the coin that would be used. 
whose image and inscription are on it? Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And that's kind of the crux of the, of the passage, um, the, the climax, so to speak, of the story is this, this line that Jesus puts out there that um, there is a difference and yet not a difference. Mm-hmm. Submit to authority as is appropriate, appropriate to that authority. And that's an important thing for all of us to recognize that, that our level of submission must always be commensurate to the level of authority, um, which brings up a whole world of application that we probably don't have time to get into. But as he's throwing this out there, the coin bears the image of Caesar. Give it to Caesar. We bear the image of God. Give yourself, give your life, give everything to God. And as God is the ultimate authority, that changes things. So that kind of, that whole nutshell of, of this scene brings us to the reality that those who belong to Christ submit to authority as he did. Mm-hmm. Um, or as was on the screen because I didn't get it changed before they put it up. In the same way that he did. I wrestled with the wording a few times. And unfortunately, I, I failed to give Dennis and Amanda the the right one. They're <laughs> so watching. So. Hey guys, that's my <laughs> fault. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> so anyhow, they did adapt to it and they changed it during the sermon, but um, that's because they're skilled, not because I prepared them. But that's that's really an important thing for us. And I, I feel like sometimes um, in our world, we, we downplay that. In fact, Dennis and Amanda and I were just talking about this with regard to our youth group, One of the, some of the things that we need to teach them. And this idea of submission and authority is something that we need to teach our young people before it becomes a big issue, before it becomes, um, before it becomes a thing. Uh, they need to understand that sub- submission to authority is a basic tenet of life of living in the truth, specifically of being a Christ follower. Jesus always submitted rightly and appropriate to authority. We don't think about that aspect of him, but he did always. Which is weird because he he is the authority. Well, that's right. So, And even within the Trinity, you look at Jesus who is equivalent. He is is equal to God the Father. Right. So all three persons of the Trinity, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent. And, And so within the Godhead... Jesus chooses to submit. They, the, each person of the Trinity has their designated role, not because one is, is bigger, stronger, more authoritative than, than the other, but because within the person of God himself, the persons of God, there is a hierarchy that God built into himself somehow. Um, so my my mind just is swelling, getting ready to burst as we're talking about it. But the when you see that picture, Philippians 2 talks about Christ emptying himself, submitting himself, humbling himself to be, take on even the form of a servant. And not just a servant, but a servant who then goes to the cross. Even unto death, he humbles himself. So yeah, the authority submitting to earthly authorities is our model. And a lot of times we will kind of you know, get our back up because, well, that's not fair or they don't have a right or, or whatever. I don't need to submit to, to that. You know, like little kids, you're not the boss of me. We get that, that attitude within ourselves. And that's the opposite of what Jesus did. That's the opposite of what he's called his followers to do. And I think if, if we don't get anything else, <clears throat> I think the, the importance of recognizing that 
that we are called as Christ followers to submission, not to defense of our own rights, not to being right, not to standing up and, and being strong or gaining power. Uh, and, and we've we fooled ourselves into that kind of thing, partly because we've had 200 plus years of being in a a primarily Christian-influenced democracy mm -hmm. with lots of flaws because we're sinful people and lots of non-Christian things. But our culture has been primarily influenced by Christian thought. And in the midst of that, we have gained a certain amount of power within mm -hmm. the culture, within the society. So we feel like when that power begins to wane a little or we're threatened by secular forces or other religions, like that somehow changes things for us. And we need to fight. We need to get up in arms. And that's not the picture that we see of the Christian walk. Mm -hmm. We're called to submission. When you look back to the early church, they, they're being thrown to lions and, and being persecuted in so many ways. But they're not fighting the the tone, the turn the other cheek kind of tone right. is, that's the descriptor. So when people see them, they're like, wow, how can they remain so humble, so calm, so submissive in the midst of these things? How can they continue to preach the gospel to declare their, <clears throat> their faith and allegiance to this, what they would consider a dead prophet? How, how can they do that? Why, even while we're burning them at the stake, they're alive, we're setting them on fire, and they're not denying him. They're submitting to this and holding firm to what they're doing. Well, it's because of Christ in us changing our reaction. And that's the same dynamic that we need if we're going to submit to authority. We have to recognize, I can't. I can't take away my... my um, haughtiness or my self-preservation nature uh, i have to surrender myself to him and let christ live through me if i'm going to do this uh, all the way through in, in my christian life i think that's an important point to to understand because when we think of authority from an earthly perspective i'm going to use uh our, our administration here in the united <clears throat> states because it's what i know and it's a it's a focal point of a lot of conversation. Right. Um, there has been, it's not just Donald Trump. Some, somebody always hates the president, whoever it is. Right. And there's always, you know, <clears throat> some talk about it. Somebody's going to bash whoever it is. And I, I remember specifically on social media when, when Trump got elected, um, you know, tons of people saying, you know, hashtag not my president or, or whatever. <laughs> and, Whatever, cool. But he, not, is, but he is. If you're not a U.S. citizen, then he's right. not. And I, I mean, but. I thought, okay, of all the things you can say, whether you agree with him or not, whether you agree with some things and not other things, that's kind of a stupid campaign hashtag thing here. Like, it's a little bit like when you get pulled over saying you're not my police. Right. You know, that, right. Um, you're kind of stuck. With I mean, that. yeah, you might hate getting a ticket, but right. you're still getting the ticket. <laughs> well, you know, that's a really good point that you bring up because. As we look at uh, who Luke is writing to, okay, so Luke is writing to a primarily um, Gentile group during the Roman rule, during the Roman Empire. And as he's writing to them, they don't have 
freedom of speech. They mm -hmm. don't have the mm -hmm. Bill of Rights. They don't have a democracy. They don't have a representative government per se. Uh, <clears throat> it's not the same dynamic as what we have. Right. So they're going to, one way or another, end up eventually submitting to these authorities or they're going to be dead. That, that's just how it works. You don't get to protest in the streets. You right. don't get to, not without repercussions from the military. You don't get to have a vote, send a note to Caesar, say, here's how much I'd like to pay in taxes. Those kind, you don't get to do those things. We have a different dynamic here. So when he's, when he's writing these things and Jesus is saying these things, or when Paul is writing in Romans 13, or when uh, Peter is writing in his letter, these are people that are, are facing absolute, I mean, real, true oppression by the government. It's, mm -hmm. And it's better than what they've had in previous governments. You right. know, there, there's protection, there's peace, but there is absolute rule by the government. There's no wiggle room here. We don't have that. We actually get to participate in the government. And that gives us a perception of power and authority mm -hmm. that we then take too far. That as if the individual is king right. in our society. Right. And that's never the case. It's right. never been, never right. will be. Uh, however, the individual has a role. We have a, we have a, a place. We have a vote. We have a voice. But we don't govern individually just like you know if you have a local school board the individual school board members don't have any power to rule the school on right. their own right. sometimes they think they do just like sometimes as citizens we think we have particular rights as a taxpayer i own the school but i don't get to just walk in whenever i want to right. it's owned by the collective of the people and so as we as we perceive the differences or the similarities between what jesus is saying to them and what he's saying to us it still comes down to a voluntary mm -hmm. choice to submit mm -hmm. rather than being forced to surrender. Mm -hmm. And again, I referenced uh, Philippians 2 a few minutes ago. We see in Philippians 2 that ultimately one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But not every voice is going to do that voluntarily. voluntarily. It's why the, the song that we love to sing and says still the greatest honor remains for those mm -hmm. who gladly choose him now mm -hmm. that's the submission we're being called to is to gladly choose i'm going to say this again because i don't i feel like we have a lot of republicans listening to us or who are going to take this one way and a lot of democrats listening to us as if we have a lot of anybody listening who <laughs> <laughs> are going to take it another way all six of you but anyhow as as we see this divisive state of our country where, where we're all just kind of you know looking for the other person or we're looking for the gotcha thing that's that's not what we're talking about it doesn't matter if it's donald trump or uh, barack obama or if it had been somebody else or if it is somebody else in the future, we are called to gladly choose to submit ourselves to the government as extensions of God, as an illustration of the submission and authority between God and humanity. And it almost is, I think, more important or, or more of an accurate picture if you don't necessarily want to. Well, yeah, because it's not <laughs> like, hard when everybody goes along with you. Right. right. That, that's easy. Right. If, uh, it's not hard to turn the other cheek right. if nobody slaps me in the, in the face. Right. You know, or if I know I deserve it. That's another thing. Right. So when, when, uh, when Peter and Paul talk about these things, 
even when they talk about slaves submitting to masters, there is they're asking you to do something supernatural, something right, right, bigger right. and better. And and so you're right. It is harder, so but I it's also a better picture. Right. So when if it's I don't unjust. like Donald Trump, okay, but I still have to right. submit to his authority. Yeah, that that's it's it's not a que- if you're a Trump supporter, it's not a question for you as to whether you're submitting to his authority. Right. Because he's your guy. Right. If you're if you're, you're a Trump your hater, hat if you're totally against Trump, that's when it's a question. Right, right. Will you submit to Christ by submitting to the federal government? Now, that doesn't mean you you have to go out and vote for him. Right. It doesn't mean that you doesn't don't speak out. You have to agree out. to everything they say. And we says. have the right, right to speak out right. here in the United States that that is something that we've established as a right. We believe in it. It's protected. Mm-hmm. And that's not unchristian for us to speak out. Right. However, the way we speak out makes a significant difference. And that's on a that's on a, a bigger scale, but we can kind of break that down to even small scale things like your boss at work. If you you know Absolutely. If, you have a, if you have a tyrant for a boss. There's no question right. that somebody listening here, especially if your mom is on or some you know, somebody else is is listening to this who has to go to work every day and wonders how it's going to be when they get to work. Mm-hmm. Is this boss going to be uh, you know I used to feel that way a lot. I work for myself. Well, that's why you're freelance, right? <laughs> no, but but even if you you do or, and... or kids with parents, you know. Right. So yeah. we've got a lot of of uh, teenagers wrestling with: Do I submit to my parents who are not saved, who don't know Jesus, and mm. don't share the same values? But they're still my mom and dad, right? And I have to submit to them in that way. Well, and even mentioned on uh, Sunday, you know, and I thought, yeah, this confused me too. You know what? A, what do you say to somebody like, uh, like when under Hitler's rule, right. or you know whoever else? Are we supposed <clears throat> to submit to them? And and you said something to the effect of, you know, or, you, you know, I could argue how 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 would God allow that how, Hitler to be in rule? And I'm supposed to follow him, just because that is the case, and this is what it is. It doesn't always mean God is pleased with that. Right. But again, it's the picture of what we're called to do. Well, that's right. And just because we submit to authority does not mean that we submit to every act of right. authority that goes outside of that authority. So Because when, ultimately the, the highest authority is God, and that's the authority you have to follow, and everything else comes underneath that. That's why originally in the core reality, that was uh, the way I worded it, was that we, uh, we submit to authority in the same way he right. did. Because Jesus submitted to the authority, but he first and foremost always did the will of God. Right. And nothing ever caused him to hesitate. So here's the authority I follow. Here's, you know, the president and whatever. And we have examples in the book of Acts of both Peter and Paul, the ones who are writing the letters in Romans and uh, in all of his prison letters. Paul is talking about submitting to authority, submitting in general while he's in prison writing the letter. Right. So that's kind of significant. Right. Peter writes his letters talking about this. Paul uh, tells Timothy and Titus to teach submission to authority. Mm-hmm. And yet in the book of Acts, both of them are arrested for doing things when the authorities are telling them to stop preaching the gospel and they keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And the response that they had, I think, is the right response for everyone. Is it better for me to obey God or to obey men? So if this if the authority is in in opposition to the ultimate authority there's no question who I'm going to obey. Right. If my if my older sister comes to me and and 
in mom and dad's name mm -hmm. and I'm supposed to listen to them, okay, that's great. But if mom and dad I may say not like it, but if I mom and dad to. say something different. That's right, because their job is to represent mom and dad. When right. they stop representing mom and dad, then that's a whole different dynamic. Right. The way I go about it can still either get me in trouble or not. You know, if I'm going right. to be jerky to my older sister or older brother, then that's my nickname in high school. <laughs> then I'm still then I'm still wrong even if I'm right. right. And that's one of the things that Peter calls us to, is when we do these things, there's, a, there's so much that goes on inside of us. If we're going to use our, um, you know, we, Peter says not to use our, our freedom uh, as a license. Paul says similar things. Though. It's not, we don't want to use our freedom as a license. We don't want to uh, use our submission to God as the ultimate authority as a cop-out <clears throat> to to justify disrespecting human authority. Right. And we can do that very easily. Mm -hmm. We're really good at using principles from the Scripture and twisting them into some kind of religious gobbledygook. Maybe to, we've talked to, about that once or twice. Maybe. Um, and so when we submit to, to the authorities, our purpose for doing this is to bring glory and honor to the Lord. If we're using it, for our own preferences, for our own rights, we're getting it wrong. as opposed to bringing glory to the Lord, we're getting it wrong. And we need to 100% change what's going on inside our hearts so that it's not a matter of how can I justify my rebellion against authority right. by the scriptures, but how can I go out of my way to take it on the chin, to turn the other cheek, to surrender myself so that when people see my my actions, my reactions, they're actually seeing a light shining in darkness and they're submitting to God. Now, there is, I've talked about this here, uh, you know, just recently, even just last night. My daughter uh, attends a public school. I've been a public school person since 1974 when I was in kindergarten. Um, and I've served in just about every position you can in our local public school. But a couple of years ago, the state school board um, was, it got pushed back against uh, by the legislature, and so it didn't end up happening. But they were, they were moving forward with mandating, um, what do they want to call them, gender nonspecific or gender-free bathrooms in every school, so that every school would have these um, transgender rules in place. And there is no scenario where my daughter is going to be subjected to that in the school. It's just not going to happen. And um, at that time, I'm just not going to submit to that. Mm. I'll submit to the authority, but I'm not going to submit to that. So our answer is, if that's the case, well, we're going to homeschool. We have a legal provision for that anyway, so that's, that's right. easy enough for us to do. There are lots of scenarios like that. My sister got into one yesterday, actually. I don't know if she's watching, but she she works mostly from home as well. Um, I think I think that's companies in Maine or Maryland or something. And they sent out a list or an email blast to all the all the uh, employees about uh, a list of pronouns that they could use for people. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was a thing that you could either opt into or opt out. It's just like, opt out. So, because, Which kind of makes the whole thing move, right, doesn't it? Right, right. <laughs> if you could do uh, you know, opt in or out, opt right. out, then why but are you I'm even saying, doing it? But, but that's kind of funny that they're giving you this choice so you can essentially choose to submit to your boss or your work's authority or a higher authority. Yeah. And, you know, 
this is a pretty clear choice. But, you know, things like that happen every day. And we're at a place where so much of what we have made mainstream culture just doesn't even make sense. It doesn't, right, right. It doesn't rationally work and eventually will implode. It'll, it'll collapse right. in upon itself. And so it's not, you know, it's also not where Christians have any right to say, well, this is, this is what we believe. This is right and true. We need to stand for what we believe. There's mm-hmm. no question. Mm-hmm. There's no hedging. There is no scenario. I'm going to say this as plainly as I can and see who gets offended. End with this because we're all we're over time. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I got a half hour more to go. Um, there is no scenario as Christ followers where we can justify saying that that homosexual behavior, transgender identity, any of these things are okay. We cannot. They're forbidden by God. They dishonor God. There's no way around that. You cannot claim to walk with Christ and walk in that. At the same time, we cannot be bigoted toward people because of that, because their sin looks different than ours. Mm-hmm. I sinned the same. You posted something about that on Instagram yesterday. I, think. I did. Uh, you never know. I might have been asleep. But the, the, somebody else's sin is their sin. Right. My sin is my sin. All of it separates us from God, and we need to Mine love. Mine isn't better than yours. No, it's not. And we need to love one another enough to tell the truth. I am not being loving in any way, nor am I being holy in any way, if I'm just saying, oh, it's okay. You just continue to live in your ungodly lifestyle that God said will take you to hell. You just go ahead with that. That's fine. I'm also not if I think I'm better than you. If I think that, that you know, nobody at any point has ever, in, in, the, in the history of Christendom, has ever dragged somebody else behind a truck and been justified by God. Right. So when people act like that's the position of the church, of of Christians or evangelical conservatives or whatever phrase they want to throw out there now, that has never been, has never been the position of the church or of any Christian. If you are doing that, you are not following Christ, period. There are areas where you can be confused in life. That is not one of them. There is no option for that. But we also cannot ever, in the in the name of going along with the culture or trying to be loving to people, we cannot justify rebelling against the authority of God's word because we want to submit to a lesser authority in this world. You need to understand better your definition of loving, if that's the... For sure. If that's the, so we will stop there because I feel like you could go on. Podcast mug. They're get happening. The, get those at listens some, up. We'll hit to 5,000. We're going to give one away. And then we will we will have them for sale as well. Yes, and they'll be all black. Right? They'll be all black. That's all black. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for it listening, everyone. <laughs>